We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. Coming off the bench. And the second question is... For me? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my job is to never stop. Regardless of percentages, I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. What's up? Thank you guys for tuning in to The Uncontested, where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and eventually Spotify, or through our website at www.theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin, and I am joined today by the guy who always gets the random check at the airport. Call me Armorabian. That's me, but it's so racist. <laughs> it's also true, though. It is true. I love you, but it's I've true. gotten checked. I get checked ran- randomly, air quotes, every time I go to the airport. It's amazing. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> His Snapchat story, anytime he goes to the airport, is just him saying, Here comes the random check. Really uh, the typical bro you see at the, your local gym, Taylor Peterson. Yes, sir. How's it going? And the man who can use the phrase butt cheeks in literally any conversation, <laughs> Justin Hickey. What's up, guys? He used it on, he used it on the Twitter down. account today. Just once, just once. That's impressive, just once. Jay. Hey, he still has like half a day to go, though, on Twitter. It's, it's going to find its way back. We are going to break down this past week of Thunder basketball. We're going to look around the association. We're going to have a pop culture minute. Some more shoot your shot trivia. We got a lot planned for you guys today. Let's start with looking at what the Thunder did this past week. All right. So OKC had games on Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and I guess the beginning of the following week, which is today on Sunday. Uh, they played the Kings on Monday, Atlanta, and LA, and then today, of course, they did Toronto. Um, Monday they beat the Kings. They I was actually at this game with Jacob and OKC would do this weird thing, and there's this actually a trend the entire week. OKC would stretch out the lead to about 8 or 9, somewhere around there. And then the next thing you know, the game would be back within 2 or 3 points. And that was incredibly frustrating. But Oklahoma City took care of business there. And then on Tuesday, Oklahoma City played Atlanta. And it was incredibly tight. Uh, There was no Steven Adams. And it was just a really, really tight game. Torian Prince was just killing them. And the next thing you know, Oklahoma City hit the Jets to go on a a 12-0 run to end that game. uh, To end that, and that's it. And then Friday, Taylor Peterson, you got some stuff for that. Yeah, so that was actually a really, really fun game, which was nice. 
because up until that point, we had kind of been going through a drought. wasn't necessarily the most fun to watch. We were pulling off wins, but not in the best ways. So this one was a lot of fun. Some really cool first-half stats. Uh, Corey Brewer just was insane from the from the get-go. Had 14 points of 5 of 9 at half. Um, and he looked great. And uh, even at halftime, he had scored in double digits four times prior to be- becoming a member of the Thunder with the Lakers. He's done it five times since joining the Thunder. And he had already done that by halftime, which was pretty awesome. Uh, the bench was 11-13 and 13 in the first half. They were huge. Uh, while the big three was only 2 of 16. And we were still able to have that lead. So that was really big to see other guys contribute, um, almost unlike today, unfortunately. But both were fun games. Um, and then finally, just the second half and the ending of the game, T-Ferg, he had a, another great game. Uh, it seems like anytime he plays a uh, Los Angeles team, he just shows up. That layup he had was wild. I'm not sure how he did it, but that oop. Uh, who th- that, you guys remember dude, his athleticism that? is off the charts, man. Oh, that was insane. an accident. That was an accident. Yeah. He didn't mean to oh, do that. 100%. 100%. Yeah, well, he just fr- flicked it up, tried to find a way, but that was impressive. Raymond Felton threw such a bad oop pass that Ferguson, uh, maybe <laughs> Raymond just didn't think Ferguson could jump that high, but Ferg had to catch that thing like at his knees and then did that weird oh, yeah. like judo split axe kick, flip it up and under bullshit. It was pretty. All spinning. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Um, and then basically just at the end, uh, Patrick Patterson had another really good game. Um, him and Ferg were actually both plus 12s on the plus minus scale. So that's pretty cool. While Felton, Ferguson, PG, Grant, uh, were all plus sevens and OKC is now five or at that point was five and zero with Corey Brewer in the starting lineup. So that's good stuff. Thank you. That was a really, like you said, that was a really fun game. Steven Adams, I thought had a huge impact on that game. He had what, like five or six blocks in that game. Mm-hmm. And even though DeAndre Jordan just manhandled the the rebounds, I think he had 21 or 22, I thought Adams did a really good job of battling him. And one of our biggest complaints for Ferguson so far this season has just been his ability to get lost on defense. But I thought he played crazy good defense on Lou Williams down the stretch in that second half. That's true. He did. He, he looked well. And uh, speaking of the Steven Adams-DeAndre Jordan rebound battle, uh, Steve still ended up with 14 boards and 10 of those were offensive rebounds. So I thought that was pretty big as well. That's awesome. When OKC acquired Corey Brewer, did you ever envision him being the team's leading scorer by, with 22 points in a win against a team that's vying for a playoff contention, like for a playoff spot anyways? Did, the, did you envision him scoring 22 points in a win and not like a 22-point blowout? I don't not think any of us did. We weren't even sure if he was going to start for that matter, how many minutes he'd get a game. I think we were just kind of hoping he could get anywhere from nine, nine to 10 minutes, give us some solid, uh, some solid energy off the bench. And man, I mean, they look awesome with him in the starting lineup. If you would have told me Corey Brewer was going to score 22 points in his first five games, I would have been happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had 22 point. points in a single game, you Very know, but his point. buckets, yes, it, he's surprised by his corner three point shooting, but a lot of his points are just coming simply from him running, from him playing hard. You know, it's nothing sexy. It's just he sprints down the court, and he's getting easy. I mean, Russell Westbrook in that Lakers game was looking for Brewer every time off a rebound because he was just wanted to push it. And so Brewer's just getting really, really easy buckets, and it's made a huge difference for this team. Can you just imagine if Russell Westbrook, his whole career, has had somebody from the corner that can shoot the three at around 40%? So oh, many more yeah. assists. Those assists would be way up, yeah. And it just it opens up the middle of the floor for him, you know, because now right. people aren't cheating off that corner three that Corey Brewer stuck, mm-hmm. stuck out there anymore. So instead of cheating down, they have to play out a little bit, which opens up the lane. So it's a it's a pick your poison type of offense. Right, and it's it's been amazing because Corey Brewer has this good um, intuition into, into which he knows when to drive because somebody's collapsing on them really quickly or one just go up with it, and there's no hesitation, which is really, really awesome for him and really awesome for this offense. Like, ever since he's been in the starting lineup, they, I mean, like, they've won, like, what, five, six games straight. Uh, speaking of six yep. games straight, Justin, what do you got for today's game? All right, so we're able to pick up a big win against the number one seed in the Rafters in the East. Uh, We played really good offense today, but really bad three-point defense. I thought three-pointers were going to kill us late in the game. Um, This kid named Dellen Wright was one of the guys who kept hitting threes. He would drive the lane. He would kick out, and he's just one of those guys, again, that 
OKC just seems to have trouble with um, with a no-name. Um, MVP Russ saved us late game. He came up clutch. Uh, Russ doing what Russ does the best. And the bench. In the first half, they had a complete 360 turn. I believe they were like minus 53 as a group in the first half. Ooh. And then the second half, when they came in in the fourth quarter, they were able to at least keep the lead for a little bit until the starters came back in. Uh, one guy I want to point out is Alex Abrinas. He played great in his seven minutes. He was two of two from three for six points. And it's really hard when you don't play for the entire game and come in for a small stretch. And Alex Abrinas did good in that little bit of time. And we moved to 6-0 and with Corey Brewer in the starting lineup. He's provided a lot of great energy and spark. And looking forward to coming up this week. I want I want to say that DeMar DeRozan after the game said that James Harden deserved the MVP last year. I'm throwing that Yikes. out. Yikes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was a little happy. bit salty. A little bit salty after that game. Well, he, so, he didn't get to finish the game. He got ejected. Half their team got ejected. And their coach. I mean, well, really, the, the shit unraveled once Kyle Lowry went out, and then it just went all to hell from there. Is what I noticed. There was yep. a, yep, definitely. And I mean, we have to talk about Stephen Adams. Oh man, he had an incredible. Stephen Adams made Valachunas look like a little bitch in this game. I mean, he just dominated him from the word go. And then they would throw out anybody. Stephen Adams was just dominating either offensive rebounds, pick and roll. I mean, every Stephen was just in his back tonight. He had everything going for him. He had 14 first quarter points. I really thought he was on his way to his first career 30 point game. Give credit to Toronto. They they modified their defense in the second half to try to take away that Adams roll to the rim, and they try to crash in from the other side to not give him easy buckets. But Adams was just an animal at all points of the game today to the point where Serge Ibaka had to both kick him in the dick and tackle him <laughs> to try to keep him under control. You still couldn't stop him. He came back I thought his than damn nuts exploded. Yeah, <laughs> I was really, really worried because, like, usually when somebody gets kicked in the nuts, I was like, okay, they they stay down for a, a couple minutes or so. Steve was on the damn sideline for like ten minutes. I was really that was concerned, like, a, like he had yeah. no nuts. That was like a straight knee up into his gut. Yeah, yeah. boy, like that. His nut was up somewhere in his like belly butt region. Yeah. <laughs> Shit got knocked back to a small intestine, man. <laughs> And then he was asked about it after the game, and his response uh, about Serge, he was obviously joking around, but he he said old mate, and then called him a dick basically, and it was just hilarious. He just giggles at the end. <laughs> yeah, what first when Steve came down, you know, he immediately went down, and I thought he re-injured that ankle, and I was like, dude, we can't have this. This is bad. Then I watched the replay, and I was like, oh god, dude, can can Stephen Adams physically have children anymore? That's the question. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't. I do not think he is fertile anymore. He's got a uh, an unscheduled vasectomy from the NBA. Um, a cool stat that Brett tweeted out about this game. Brett Dawson over at the Oklahoman. Uh, he tweeted that the Raptors were forty three and one when they were leading after three quarters this season, and they were up ninety eight to ninety seven today, heading into the third or heading into the fourth. Excuse me, and uh, we were still able to pull off that win. So that's pretty cool. Um, the starters really came together at the end of the first half and into the second half, and I thought that was huge. Definitely, and um, I had tweeted during the first half, and Justin already touched on this, how bad the bench had played, and I said. If the bench can just play the Toronto bench even in the second half, you know, just try to not give up too much, I think we have a shot in this game. And lo and behold, the bench came in and they played the Raptors pretty much even in the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, to where I think Russ came back with seven and a half minutes to go in the fourth. And instead of coming back to eight or ten point deficit, he's coming back to a one point lead. And I think that was huge that the bench was able to self-correct and solidify themselves and really kind of help the starters out by just keeping their head above water. I agree. I think that can even be extended to this entire week. Uh, we saw them either maintaining the leads or uh, you know, giving the starters a shot, or they were actually creating leads. And you're right. When you got Russell Westbrook, who can come back to either even or being up, he's going to put the hammer down and finish games. So I agree. I think the bench has been really huge for us recently. 
I think the big thing with OKC that's been a change that's seeing them go on this win streak is Russell Westbrook is going back to his selfish self in the fourth quarter. When he's on, just get out of his way. Other guys, they're going to create uh, mismatches and get double teams on Paul George. Russell Westbrook is going to have those one-on-one situations, and I trust him over anybody in those situations. Man, when Paul George he was getting to the rim that well. Yeah, when Paul George got his fifth foul, I was really, really concerned for the team. I was like, oh, shit, we're going to have to have Houston come in and play a lot of minutes. But Russ just kept on driving to the rim, and it was be- it was because, I mean, Valanciunas wasn't out there to do anything, and Steven Adams just said it would set a simple screen, and then Russ would just be toying with the defense and get to the rim at will. Yeah, he looked incredible. That, uh, that last stretch of the game, that was something special. Absolutely. On the same week that he reached 100 triple doubles mm-hmm. uh, and had two more since then. So uh, he's had an, an awesome stretch recently. And shout out to Carmelo Anthony today. He didn't get a lot of shots up, but he was 6 of 10, 3 of 4 from 3, 15 points, 2 assists, 2 rebounds. He um, he played an efficient game. He didn't force too much. He took the mismatch when he had it. He would catch and shoot when he had it. Besides that, I thought Melo played a really solid game tonight. Serge Ibaka, even though Melo wasn't on Serge Ibaka for big stretches of the game, Serge was, I think, 2 of 11. OG Ananobi didn't do much at all. He only had 5 points. So I thought Melo played a good, balanced game on both ends of the floor. I agree. And actually, there's a really cool stat I saw after the game uh, by a reporter named Micah Adams that I believe Royce retweeted, Royce Young. But he said when Steven Adams takes more shots than Carmelo, OKC is 7-0 and this season, and all seven of those wins are from are with are over teams, sorry, that are over 500. Um, and I don't think that's a knock on Melo as much as it is. He was just he was efficient today. Um also, they looked for Stephen Moore, which is really nice because if anybody listened to the last podcast, we uh, we talked about getting Stephen Moore involved, particularly in the second halves, and they did that today. They, they kept him involved, and that was huge for us. All right, so we'll move into the Thunder as a whole. Uh, little four-game winning streak this week. We went 4-0. Um, I'd like to get your guys' take heading into the last 10 games of the season. How do you guys see us finishing? I'll start off with Jacob. Man, they're playing – really good basketball right now i think we could argue they're maybe playing their best basketball of the season right now the only time they were probably playing better was that eight game win streak that they had right before andre went out but they're playing great right now they're going up to uh boston who's a little bit injured they have that the rest of the schedule is difficult but i think if this team especially after a win today in toronto if they can play 500 basketball from here on out that'll put them at what 48 wins so they at 43 yeah. wins right yeah. now so if they can go 500 the rest of the way get to 48 wins i think that probably gets them that 4 seed and that's exactly what they want to do it it's very nice that it feels like they're starting to peak they're starting to get their groove and this last 10-game stretch, we're almost to April. It's almost playoff time, and it feels like this team's finding their feet, and I'm really encouraged by what I've been seeing. Y'all agree with that? I think OKC gets around 47 to 48 wins, and that will probably secure them about the fourth seed. you got to watch out for Utah, who has played literally nobody. They've won like 21 out of 24 of the last games because they have played some teams that are injured, but also just some of the cupcake teams, and they're not playing very many people down the stretch. Uh Minnesota, uh, New Orleans, and Portland, they all have actually games they could lose today, which is really encouraging for OKC down the stretch. But I see them going, you know, about 500, somewhere around there. That'll get them to 47, 48 wins, and that would be good enough, likely for the fourth or fifth seed. It doesn't really matter which seed you get there. You're playing the four or five either way. I don't see them catching the third seed. Uh, the third and the sixth seed, I would not want to play the Trailblazers because they do have a really, really bad schedule coming up. Yeah, but I don't want to play the Blazers at all. And, you know, if Oklahoma City can win in Boston, beat Miami, and then get Portland at home one week from today and beat Portland in that head-to-head, maybe they have a shot at that third seed, but I don't know if Portland will ever lose a game again in my lifetime. So <laughs> They're playing great. They look awesome. It's insane. They're it's amazing. Like, it's making me sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I, I really do like this fourth seed spot for the Thunder come playoff time. Um, I really just hope we can maintain it. Uh, but not to just read like tweets off the whole entire podcast, but another really cool one I saw. Uh, the Thunder improved to 5-2 and two against the Raptors, Rockets, and Warriors, and that's the best record 
and most wins against those teams of any other squad in the NBA. So they're obviously they can they can rise to the challenge. They can play with the best, and uh, I feel really encouraged by what we saw this week. I really hope they can keep it up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, like it's it's going to be like you said. I think they're they're running into their groove, and if they're running into their groove, heading right into the playoffs, that is really really ideal. Uh, I really don't feel like many teams like Utah or San Antonio or New Orleans really stand a chance against an OKC team that has it figured out. The other teams might be a little bit more difficult. And then again in Minnesota, they're still waiting on Jimmy Butler's status, and once he gets back, he's going to get played 45 minutes a game and get ran to the ground again by the coach. It's it's unbelievable. So, Yep. So here's my question is when the Thunder start the playoffs, right now Billy is playing a 10, 11-man rotation. Who does not see minutes in a playoff series? Eustace. Terrence Ferguson. You think he's going to play a brainus over Ferguson? I think so. I think he'll play Ferguson. I just think the shooting that Abrinas provides, if he's on, I think they may rotate him a little bit, but I would go Abrinas shooting, depending on how the game's going, if we need defense or shooting, but they're interchangeable. I'm kind of with you. I mean, we all know that Felton, Grant, and Patrick Patterson are definitely going to play off the bench for this team in the playoffs. I would assume, I think he's going to play Houston. I, I honestly think he's going to value the defense and the size. He's going to play Houston. And then it comes down to, is he going to play a nine-man rotation? Is he going to let Ferguson and Abrinas play? If so, which one? How much? It'll be interesting to see what he does. I was about to mention that. I could even see where he didn't play either uh, Abrinas or Ferguson and just rolled with Houston a little bit coming off the bench there for his versatility and his, his defense. Uh, but we also, I could see where... Billy would wait until maybe a later round of the playoffs, you know, first round playoffs, letting those two get some minutes still and a little more burn time. Yeah, it'll be interesting because, I mean, we know one thing about Billy Donovan is he'll play everybody on that roster. So it'll be interesting to see how he tweaks it going into the playoffs because, honestly, I have no clue what he'll do. I feel like I'm with Justin. I feel like Abrinas should play. I feel like Abrinas is – he's really confident in his shot right now. He's in a rhythm – I feel like he's playing decent team defense. You know, his one-on-one defense isn't great, but I feel like he's moving. He's in the right positions. He's contesting shots. He's getting steals. He's using his length. And don't get me wrong, Ferguson is doing that stuff as well, but Abrinas is, what, 24, and a Ferguson is 19. So I just I feel like they should run with Abrinas in the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that will actually happen, though. What I believe is once the game slows down in the playoffs and you need to have spacing, I think Abrinas provides that. Terrence Ferguson, not battle-tested late in the season. Uh, that's where I see where they go with Abrinas in that situation. I'm with you. That's what I hope will happen. But it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Probably There's no not. telling with Billy. Yeah, we don't know Billy. <laughs> Every week... We are going to do some Would You Rathers, and we want you guys, our listeners, to send in Would You Rathers, some funny ones, OKC ones, anything that comes to your mind. Uh, we'll pick the best ones to get on the air, and we'll just judge which is really good. You can do with this, or you can do with that. You can do with this, or you can do with that. You can do with this, or you can do with that. Okay, all right, I got one. Would you rather be a hobo with a 5% chance of getting inherited by a rich guy, or be Hitler two years before the end of World War II? Because you know you're going to have to shoot yourself, but you still got two more years as Hitler. So, the first one comes from TND at Thunder ND. They said, Would you rather listen to Lil Pump for 10 consecutive hours, or would you rather listen to Justin sing his country classics for 10 consecutive hours? <laughs> this was one of my favorite ones from the entire week. <laughs> this one has got my vote. That's a pretty funny one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to let Justin been sing for 10 hours because little pump might give me cancer. thank you thank you thank you <laughs> oh man anyone else have an opinion on this one yeah don't I, let me I, down I, taylor <laughs> i can't do little pump i really can't i uh I, I tried one song got about 20 seconds in not having it he said uh, the same two words Justin. for the same yeah. 20 seconds Gucci, yeah, gang, exactly. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, no. Gucci gang, Gucci gang. <laughs> he looks <laughs> like he has hepatitis. Yeah, what does yeah. what does Lil Pump look like? Have you never seen Lil Pump? I don't Pump? even know what he looks no, like. I've never it. seen Lil Pump. Oh, oh my gosh! All right, so we're gonna get Calmiar's live reaction on the pod of him looking at Lil Pump for the first time. It. 
<laughs> Google it right now. That go, I feel that like guy all looks these like, like a damn idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you can never trust a white person with dreads, man. You can never trust a white man with dreads. They're like red now, and now white and turquoise. Now you gotta look up six nine. The number six. Oh, I know six, what six nine looks IX. like. That yeah. guy's an uh, idiot. We all know rainbow, that guy. Rainbow hair, piercings, tattoos. I don't know. If, like, I don't know if either category. of those guys read on like a fifth grade level. I'd be impressed if they did. So, so I'm going. Yeah, I'm going with Justin and his country classics. Tell me, <laughs> yeah. what are you going with on this one? Yeah, I'll go. With, I'll go with Justin. You seen Garth Brooks? <laughs> I haven't seen him in concert, but I I do sing a little bit of him. Nice. I'm going to actually four country concerts in a couple months, so I will make sure to post some videos for you guys. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right, Congratulations, so. Justin. You are you are more like than Lil Pump. At least yes. on this podcast. Three to zero. The next question, would you rather, comes from Matt Harrison at SoonerThunder51. He says, if you had to get kicked in the dick every time you laughed, would you rather tell dad jokes with Steven Adams and his wit or Corey Brewer and his goofy face? <laughs> this one's so hard. <laughs> Oh my god! That's awesome. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know which I. I think Stephen would make me laugh more. I think Stephen and his cleverness Steven would, make would me definitely laugh more. make me laugh more. But looking at Corey Brewer's face whenever he smiles and he just <laughs> he just looks so <laughs> weird, dude. I would just start He's giggling goofy. like uncontrollably. Um, I think maybe I could prepare myself better for Adams. You know, I could like go in with a mindset of like. Don't let his wit get to you. And I could not laugh at Steven Adams, maybe, if I prepped myself. But Corey Brewer, I think I'm just going to let it go. So I'm going to choose Steven Adams on this one. I'm with you. I agree. I agree. I'm going with Steven Adams. I think Corey Brewer, would, we'd just be giggling the entire time. <laughs> I'm going Steven Adams as well. Nice. We all agree again. Yeah. That's a that's a solid question, too. That's, that's another a great good one. question. All right. This next question is actually, I thought about it for quite a while. It's from Thunder Radar. It's just at Thunder underscore Radar. They say, would you rather have Russ get a championship and then OKC never wins it again in your lifetime, or have Russ never get one and have OKC win it three times in your lifetime? So tough. I would go with Russ getting a championship and then OKC never winning it again in my lifetime. I may get grilled for that answer, but when times were tough, Russell Westbrook stayed with us. Russell Westbrook is OKC. He could have easily let his contract run out and head off to L.A. where he's from, but he stayed and stuck with us. So I would love to see Russell Westbrook get a championship. I feel like one with Russ would mean so much more to us, to him, to this entire city than three with a random superstar that maybe they trade for or something of that nature, I agree. I think uh, one with Russ is the way I would go also. That's a really tough one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards you guys, especially because that idea that Russ was here whenever the franchise relocated to OKC. You know, he's like, he's our guy. He's always going to be, Russ will always be known as that Thunder guy. But man, like, Russ is going to play for what? Six, seven more years? And so if OKC wins a championship in the next six to seven years and then doesn't win again in my lifetime, unless I die really young, which is a possibility, you know, we're looking at 30 plus years without a championship and that, that would suck. But I got, I think I got to go with you guys on this one. I would rather see Russ get one with this team. I think it would mean more to have Russ win it for us. I guess I'll just go the other way and say Russ doesn't get one, but OKC wins it three separate times because, I mean, hopefully it's not like the Heat where they win a few in a row or they win like three out of four or something like that, and that it's like all one cluster where you get to enjoy it for like four years. Hopefully they're all spread out and you get like a championship like every five years or ten years or whatever. That way I can consistently enjoy basketball instead of like going to the cellar like the Cleveland Browns and just never winning one in, again in my lifetime, just being sad. Uh, so that's that's what, that's what I'm going with. That's a that's a really good question. That's a tough yeah. one. So, I mean, here's a question that I have: Would because OKC fans they're very differentiated on KD and OKC. Would you rather win one with Russ or KD come back and win three? Ooh. 
gut reaction, I say Russ wins it once instead of bringing KD back. But it, and I know Justin's talked about this. If KD comes back to the Thunder, like it might be like difficult for a, a few days, a, a few months. But I mean, he's second best player in the league. You know, if he comes back, you're you're happy that he's back here. But I don't know. I just it's so such bitter feelings from that. I can't see myself like wanting that to happen. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things that would have to happen. And then you move on from there rather than you like, I, don't, I would never want that to happen, but <laughs> man, I just, that's tough, but you're right. If you have the second best player on your team, you can't complain. I'm just going to, you go really with, don't want it to happen, but if it happens, you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm just going to go with, it's not going to happen. So I don't have to think about it. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I got a, I got a good one for you guys. It's, would you rather go swimming in piranha infested waters pantsless or go to a federal prison full of people that are murderers while wearing a sign around your neck that says snitch. Piranhas. <laughs> if I'm not bleeding, I'm going piranhas. I'll live, I'll live through piranhas. <laughs> yeah. You can swim. You have a chance of getting away with piranhas. <laughs> you're kind of stuck if you're in a but prison. But maybe if you're at the federal <laughs> prison, you could be in like solitary confinement and not have to worry about it. That's fair. I don't know. I mean, like you're you're just a snitch. You're not like a child rapist or a, you know, like. What if you're both? What if you're a snitch child rapist? A piranha. Oh god! Then, then I'm <laughs> swimming with the piranhas with blood coming off my penis. So. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't go to prison being a child rapist. They will kill the shit out of you. You're done. You a chance. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. Wait piranhas. till you get to the weight room and they'll stab you with a fucking spoon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll go piranhas but hey around the association all around the world bring it around town bring it around town alright so let's start off with the Golden State Warriors how do you guys think they stack up against teams without their big three. Okay, we'll start off with Camiar. So I think that's amazing because remember when Kevin Durant on his shitty burner Twitter was like, Kevin Durant couldn't win an OKC. You take Russ off the team, he can't win with that without them with those, with those cats. And then you take Steph Curry and Clay Thompson away, and they literally suck. And then of course you take Kevin Durant away, and they lose to the Kings. And it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, well, no shit. That logic applies to everything. So the Warriors, without their big three, they're just like any other team without their superstars. They're not very good. So it just it made me really happy once they lost, after, especially after KD made those comments accidentally on his burner Twitter. It's kind of frustrating, though, that, uh, is it Quinn Cook? He comes out and just, I think he dropped like a career high, like two games after Steph was injured and been playing well and they still were able to pull off some wins but uh yeah i i don't see i mean particularly when they start if they have any more i'm sure they do have a couple more teams over 500 i don't see them winning without at least two they're all stars i'm with you and i just think it's funny that now technically their go-to guy probably is draymond green and i hate draymond green like, here's a would you rather. Would you rather win a million dollars or see Draymond Green get hit by a bus? <laughs> Is it I'm, I'm gonna, take the bus. Is it fatal? I'm, I'm going to sit there. Yes. Maybe it's <laughs> not fatal, but he can't play basketball anymore. Like his legs are all <laughs> mangled and stuff? Dude, I'm, I'm getting a, a fold-out chair and a big old bucket of popcorn. I'm going to watch that asshole get ran over. <laughs> Like, uh, I can deal with being a peasant. I can't deal with Draymond Green. Yeah. So, you know, Draymond Green, I love the tweets that say, like, it's Draymond Green screaming at the top of his lungs and it says, Draymond Green's first bucket on a wide open dunk in the third <laughs> quarter, you know? So I just, I enjoy watching that team struggle with Draymond out there because I cannot stand that guy. Yeah. I think the really funny thing is, is there's some people on Twitter that think Draymond Green can lead his own team. And yeah. he's over here barely leading a win in the fourth quarter over to the Suns. They ended up winning by double digits, but 
he struggled that whole game to try and pull that off. That's why Draymond Green going to the All-Star game every year really, really upsets me because he's, no doubt, he's a good defensive player, but the All-Star game, you don't make the All-Star game for being, you know, one of the best at defense. I mean, otherwise Tony Allen would have been in the All-Star game for a long time. I mean, he's a really big part of their team and what they do. He gets more assists than Steph Curry. He's, he does a lot of their dirty work. But it, by no means is he a superstar. That guy's like, he. let's say he's a glorified glue guy. That that would be a better way to put it. He's good at what he does for that team. But uh, it's, it just frustrates me. I, I don't think he's as good as he, people think he is. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's move into the next one. Can former Oklahoma City Thunder guard Victor Oladipo lead the Pacers to the three seed in the East? Let's go Jacob here. All righty. I am actually pulling up the standings right now. They're so half a game a behind the bets. three seed. Okay. Yeah. I think I, he's been playing incredible this season, and it hasn't really stalled. I mean, maybe from the very beginning of the season it has, but he's still been putting up insane numbers. Uh, I really like how they're playing right now, and I think the East is weaker than even some people give credit. They want to say that you know it's gotten stronger this season, which maybe it has, but uh, I think they can do it. I really do, particularly the way the Cavs are struggling. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, I think I think the Cavs might fall out of there. Um, Washington's been keeping their head above water without John Wall. I don't know. I mean. They're five and five in their last ten. Oladipo's been great, man, and I'm super, super happy for him. You know, he he completely reshaped his body in the off season. He said how much like Russ influenced him and just Russ's focus on winning and all that stuff. And you know, the, the narrative that people get better when they don't play with Russ, like that, pisses me off so much. Like I think Oladipo would be playing this well if he came back to Oklahoma City. You know, smaller usage rate, but I think he'd still. He completely rebuilt his body. He completely rebuilt his game. You know, I think he should win most improved player this year. And so, I, yeah, I, I can see that maybe they don't get the three. Maybe they get the four. But I think they'll get home court in the East. He's been playing incredible. He's been awesome. Um, and I'm really happy for him. I'm really, really happy for that guy. I, I agree. Uh, I think that kind of takes away from what he's done this season, the work he's put in by saying that, he played better because he's not with Russ anymore. Uh, I think it's just because he's improved so much and worked so hard on this game. And uh, I'm really happy for him. He's just a great guy. Just touching on what you guys are saying, it, it really pisses me off as well that people say players play better when they leave Russell Westbrook. Victor Oladipo pointed out it was because of Russell Westbrook's work ethic that this is possible. And to also touch on it, Steven Adams was bound for what was called the D League at the time instead of the G League in his rookie season. He's made strides every single year with Russell Westbrook. So the narrative that players get better without Russell Westbrook is complete bullshit, and I'm tired of hearing it. I'm yep. with you. Preach, brother. Preach. All right, let's move into the tanking portion. We have a lot of teams that are vying for the worst record in the NBA. We have the Suns at 19 and 52. The Grizzlies at 19 and 50 and just got out of a 19 game losing streak last night. The Hawks at 20 and 50. The Magic at 21 and 49. The Mavericks at 22 and 48. The Nets at 22 and 48. And the Kings at 23 and 48. So, my question for you guys is who ends up with the worst record in the NBA? It's got to be between the Suns and the Grizzlies, right? I, I was going to say so. Memphis. So, yeah. I mean, they uh, they had, what, the biggest losing streak in NBA history before they won this past week? Uh, against the 26 games is actually the longest. Yeah. Like, Denver's okay. trying to get into the playoffs, and the Grizz just beat them. The thing is, the, the, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies had so many chances to just lose that game last night, and they just went out and won it. <laughs> yeah. And Denver has been pretty bad since Paul Millsap even came back. I don't I don't get what's going on there. And, and then I think uh, oh, what's his name? Gary Harris. He's been out for a little bit too. I'm going to go a sleeper here. I guess a, a sleeper, quote unquote, a sleeper for tanking teams. Um, since the Hawks lo lost Kent Bazemore, I'm going to say they're going to end with the worst record in the league. That's a good one. I will go with the Hawks as well. I think they're going to just tank and lose their last 12 games, probably. 
Yeah. All so right. So it'll be interesting well, to see. I mean, even if they, whoever gets the worst record, you know, isn't guaranteed the 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 number one pick in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where these teams fall in the draft lottery as well. So Hawks the and top, Grizzlies think we're divided. Yeah. <laughs> But it'll be interesting because, you know, there's a lot of really good top-end talent in this draft coming up. So, you know, all these teams want to get as many ping-pong balls as possible in that in that lottery. I, I agree. And watching some of those uh, those top prospects this past week in March Madness and trying to envision them on different teams that are at the bottom, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching them next season. I think a lot of these kids yep. are going to have opportunities to step up and, and play some big minutes. Definitely. Because all those teams are utter garbage. (laughs) (laughs) True. So in case you guys didn't know, uh, for our listeners, uh, Shea Serrano was in OKC this past weekend signing autographs and promoting his new book, uh, Basketball and Other Things, that you guys should definitely read if you haven't. And so in honor of that, we have a segment that we started last week called Shoot Your Shot. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, listen, sometimes you got to shoot your shot. You've you got to shoot, shoot your, your shot. shot. That's what it is. Bang! Uh, Mr. Nick Crane is not here to do it because it is his birthday, and he has some birthday festivities going on, so happy birthday to Nick. But he's came up with three different questions for you guys, and uh, they're pretty good ones. He tried to make them a little easier because he said last week he thought maybe he was a little too rough. <laughs> but these are these are good ones. I think you guys will at least get close and, and probably get at least one of them. So the first one involves the OKC Thunder. What are the most wins in a Thunder season? 60. Since, so, since, it, since they were relocated. 60 wins in 2012, 2013. 2013. Sorry, I should have had you guys guess the, the year also, but yes. 2012, 2013, they hit 60 wins, which is pretty cool. That was a fun season. That was a quick one, Justin. Good job. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I remember that 60 piece like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that was a good season. That was a good season. That was fun. Fuck Patrick so, Beverly. That was, so uh, you guys yeah. want to know. <laughs> that was the yeah. season um, right after James Harden left, too. Yep, and yep. everyone thought we were going to drop, and we ended up with the, the best record in the league, I think. Yeah. Speaking yep. of Patrick Beverly, did you guys see his tweet about going to the OKC Mall and was like, "Wow, oh, he's he's OKC so nice. That was interesting. I want to know who the hell sure. was at that mall. Yeah, yeah I would have drop kicked him off the railing from the that little floor. bitch. Yeah, yeah I would have stone cold stunned that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Traitor. Uh, that's awesome. So the next one that Nick has is NBA related. Uh, who won the MVP in the Thunder's first season relocating to Oklahoma City? Hint, it was not a Thunder player. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we needed that hint. <laughs> I mean, Desmond um, Mason was, you know. I'm just going to go with Braun. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go with Braun. Now he's just he's talking around. shit on local radio. so Particularly on Russell Westbrook. Wait, yes. what year was that? 2009, right? Uh, yes. So that was the 8-9 season? 8-9. Oh, was it 8-9 or 7-8? Oh man, I thought it was eight nine. I'm pretty sure it's eight nine. It might be. I think it's eight nine. I'm gonna go so with Dirk when, when did Kobe get his first one? That's my first thought was Kobe as well, because he got his first one around that time. I just can't remember. God, Bronze won so many of them, and it's like we can't afford to go and get this one wrong. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like LeBron's maybe the safe answer here, just because he's won so many that. You know, our odds are better just on a crap shoot on LeBron. But my first thought went to Kobe. I just, I can't remember. That was 10 years ago. What's the final verdict? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I would go Kobe, but LeBron's won so many that that's a safe answer. Come here. What do you want to go with? Um, if it's, I'm going to go with Braun. Okay. We'll take LeBron. LeBron finally. No. Damn it. It was Kobe. It God damn it. You guys had it. <laughs> you guys had it. I knew uh, it was around that time he got his first. Damn. Justin was damn. like, I, I, my first reaction was Kobe. I think I'm going to go with Kobe. And I was like, I was about to say ding, ding, ding. And then you kept going. And I was like, oh, oh no. I should have <laughs> shut the hell up. Kobe won in 2008, oh. Braun 2009. Oh, man. That's rough. Well, hey, so you guys are one and one, uh, almost two and oh. So the last one we got is pop culture related. Uh, but it's actually, he related it to the Thunder, which I thought was pretty cool. So according to Business Insider, 
two current Thunder players made the cut for the top 10 search athletes on Google in 2017. Who are the two players? And just a little uh, hint, he said this was going to be the hardest one and probably not what you guys expected. So that's why he was hoping you guys would get the second one. One of them is Kobe. Russ. Yeah, Russ is definitely one of them. I, the I, one I don't know if Adams? it's Mellow or PG. Like it's gonna be like well, Steven the fact Adams. that he said that he didn't think we'd get it makes me think it's not one of the big three. I don't know. Dang. Ah. It's Stephen Adams, I promise. I almost want to go Stephen Adams because all of New Zealand will Google that guy. He's got a whole country behind him. Yeah, I would go Westbrook and Adams. I'm cool with West, that. Westbrook and Adams? Probably going to be Mellow. Uh, uh, PG, PG at number four and Mellow at number eight. Jeez. Isn't oh, that wow. crazy? Russ wasn't one of them, Russ, which is wow. really interesting. Yeah, That's crazy. That's why he said it was going to be kind of tough um, because obviously when you think of the Thunder, you think of Russell Westbrook. So we're one of six on Shoot Your Shot. One of six. <laughs> Still better that's than worse than Andre Robertson, Robertson at yeah. the free throw line, yeah. man. Hey, hey, shooters keep shooting, guys. That That's Tony Allen outside of the paint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. God. Oh Boy. my Well, maybe next week we'll do better. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we should have had yeah. that other one though. Well, I, I know. Never I knew. To I knew it was again on NBA wide ones. Okay, well, so hey, let's move on to the pop culture minute. It's over nine thousand. Winter is coming. I told you a million times. My teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. Each week, we are going to do a pop culture minute where we're going to talk about something in pop culture, kind of unrelated to basketball in general. And so for this week, the new Tomb Raider movie starring Alicia Vikander came out this past Friday. Uh, have any of you guys seen it yet? No. I have not. Negative. I want to, I, though. I, I want to as well. I'm gonna. I'm on spring break this next week, so I'm going to try to get the fiancé to go to the theater and watch it. Is she shaped um, just like the video game PlayStation? Um, <laughs> Laura Croft? Like, with, like triangle tits? No. Yes. I do not think so, but I did see an edit on Twitter where someone gave her triangle tits, so whatever, man. Um, <laughs> with the release of this new Tomb Raider, though, it got me thinking about movies based off video games throughout the years. Uh, what are some of your favorite video game-based movies? I'll, I'll kick us off. This, this one's a sleeper. Um, I really like Prince of Persia. Dude, F you. That Persia. movie's garbage. I thought that yeah. movie was pretty good. I felt culturally disrespected. <laughs> like, I'm an Iranian guy. You're going to have some white boy play the Prince of Persia? <laughs> really? Jake Gyllenhaal? That pissed me off. He had an English accent. He didn't even have a freaking <laughs> Middle Eastern accent. Oh, didn't even try. No, <laughs> they, they gave funny. like a really would, bad. Would you tan. have been more offended if he would have tried the Middle Eastern accent? <laughs> Probably would have burned that place to the ground, man. <laughs> oh man, that that's my choice. What do you guys got? What are some of your favorite video game inspired movies? I played Need for Speed growing up on uh, PlayStation 2, and so when that movie dropped, I was all into that at that time. Um, so I, I actually to, never so saw that. It, it was decent, you know, particularly if you're like 12 and <laughs> into, into fast cars and, and all that stuff. So nice. maybe I was a little biased back then. But I think Resident Evil is awesome. actually pretty decent. Actually, I never saw the movie. I could see that being good. How many Resident Evil movies are there? Like, like four or five. five now? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. The first one was good. I don't know about the one subsequent after that. Good. Justin, you have any thought on this? I will be 100% honest. I do not really watch any video game movies because I don't want my video game uh, experience to be destroyed. <laughs> I don't That's feel fair. like any... I don't think any movie can stack up to some of the games that we played as kids, so... I just stay away from it. I guess, could we consider Tron one? Yeah. Tron's yeah, pretty I, good. Uh, I Googled it a little bit, was Googling, and uh, and saw that one on there listed. So they, they consider okay. it. So flip side of the coin, which video game-inspired movies are awful? So 
this one is okay. This one as a kid was really really awesome, but as an adult, after rewatching it, it's freaking terrible. The Super Mario Brothers movies with John Leguizamo. So the live action one. Yeah, as a kid, so I was like, bad. oh man, this movie is so freaking cool. But as an adult, I was like, this movie is garbage. <laughs> yes. Live action Super Mario Brothers. That's uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty funny. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Mortal Kombat movies? Oh, oh man, <laughs> that was a uh, kind of in the same boat. They, I think they made three of those ones, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. I forgot about those. I only saw like uh, it wasn't. There was no the plot to the movie. It was just like each scene was like two different guys fighting in a new location. It's like <laughs> just trying to introduce good. all the characters and. <laughs> huh. You gotta imagine uh. that scene between Johnny Cage and Scorpion when they're in the forest with all those trees is pretty badass as a kid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So Any I other ones act- that were just awful. I didn't actually see this one, but I uh, all the people that did see it, there's like three or four different people that told me it wasn't very good at all. That was Assassin's Creed. Did you guys see that? Oh, I did not see Assassin's Creed. I heard the movie wasn't very good. Kind of the same thing, like lacked a lot of plot. But I always have thought the video games were pretty cool. Yeah. Any other ones on that? You guys think of anything? I don't. I don't think we can technically consider the live-action Ninja Turtles a video game movie because you know it was more based off of the comics. Yeah. That's so. yeah. All right. Very good. Well, um, if you guys have any thoughts or ideas of different pop culture minutes that we can do, feel free to tweet them at us at the underscore uncontested. We actually will have a midweek pod dropping this week that will be strictly about a pop culture topic uh taylor and i will be on that one we may get kamiar in i don't want to spoil it but it's going to be a fun one it's something that taylor and i are going to nerd out to the extreme on so make sure you guys are on the lookout for that podcast probably dropping wednesday or thursday this week cool all right let's move into the twitter questions i picked out three that i will ask to all of our guys here and we will discuss them Number one, we have from at drinking tea. Do you think we get to 50 wins? We'll start off with Taylor. I think it's definitely a possibility the way that they've been playing uh, this past week, if they can keep that going. But we kind of touched on this earlier in the pod. I think all four of us were kind of in agreement that ingredients that we, uh, we see about 48 wins. So I'm going to go with 48 being my answer. But I, it really wouldn't surprise me if they did just – play out of their minds the rest of the season and end with 50 but i'm gonna go 48 i, I don't think yeah, they, they have to 50 to, wins they have to go seven and three to get to 50 right yep 10 yeah. games left i don't think it's gonna happen i think they can get to 48 49 but i don't think they get to 50 with the strength of schedule left um i think as of like friday they or it was before the clippers game they had 11 straight games of teams over 500 um but basically the rest of their games are all over or teams over 500 so that's tough well since i don't go with the same thing you guys go with i'm gonna say they end 50 and 32 i like it i I always gotta go different all right let's move on to number two uh this girl is really big in the oklahoma city thunder twitter community it comes from at she's for okc who do you think okc would match up most favorably with in the first round of the playoffs we'll start off with camiar uh i would like to see them play utah I think that Joe Ingles has no business guarding PG. I think that Melo could match up well with Favors. Of course, there'd be a battle between Steven Adams and Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio would be an interesting combo as far as Corey Brewer and Russell Westbrook. But the thing is, every time on the court, OKC has four, if three, definitely three, but if not four of the best players on the court. They have the four best players on the court at the same time. So I would say Utah, definitely. See, I differ on this one. Um, my number one choice would be the Pelicans. You know, outside of Anthony Davis, they don't have a lot going on there, and I think the Thunder can match up with them really well. After that, I don't think the Clippers are going to make the playoffs, but I'd put the Clippers next. Utah scares me, but I would prefer them over San Antonio. I would prefer them over Minnesota. And I would prefer them, especially over Portland. So I think number one for me is New Orleans. Number two is Utah. I was going to go with Utah as my number one as well. And I was also going to mention the Pelicans. Um, 
honestly, if the Spurs don't get Kawhi back, or even if they do and he's barely played and isn't looking good, uh, I could see us just playing really well, maybe beating them in five. But you never want to count Pop out in the playoffs. Uh, he's His system is just incredible. So that would worry me. I would Justin, have what are you go, going with on this one? I would definitely have to go with Minnesota. Um, I don't want to see Anthony Davis in a playoff series. I feel like he would give OKC fits, and especially a point guard like Drew Holiday is somebody who has always killed OKC, struggles with guys like that. And then Utah, um, I know OKC has had their number in the past and this season, but I, I can just see Donovan Mitchell and even Ricky Rubio, who's always hit three-pointers against OKC and no other team, and as well as Rudy Gobert down there to uh, take away the paint. So I would go Minnesota because you don't know the health concerns of Jimmy Butler and how far their depth goes down. All right, we'll move on to question number three. It comes from Cody McChicken underscore. (laughs) (laughs) Against the Clippers... (laughs) All right, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that, that, that's a good at choice there, Cody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so against the Clippers, it seemed like the Thunder made it a point to run down in transition almost every possession, even after the Clips made a basket. Where has that been all season, and can the Thunder keep up that heading into the playoffs? We'll go with Jacob here. Uh, I think all season... This team hasn't, I agree, they haven't ran a lot. I think personnel has a little bit to do with that. Whenever they had to insert Josh Eustace in the starting lineup, they didn't run as much. Now with Corey Brewer, they run much more. Can they keep it up heading into the playoffs? I think so. I think this team is playing at a breakneck pace right now. I think it's really good for them. Uh, They're getting out. Corey's running the floor. Russ is looking for guys that are running the floor. I think that's really encouraging. It's a really easy source of offense. Uh, Even when Steven Adams runs the floor and gets a mismatch down on the other end in the paint, he did that multiple times today against Toronto. I think that's huge for this team, and um, hopefully they can keep it going. I think just throughout the year they haven't done it as much number one because of personnel and number two and the dog days of the nba things just kind of start to grind down a little bit yeah i i think cory brewer adding him has really helped with that i noticed that in the clippers game uh, that transition was was huge and we kind of talked about it not us as a group but just thunder fans in general early on this season uh, when we still had dre healthy and they were clicking i feel like they were running the floor really well then um so i agree i think it was kind of a combination of injuries as well as just kind of the dog days of the NBA, uh, kind of that winter stretch where the game slows down a little bit. But I really like how they play when they when they push the ball in transition. I think it opens up a lot for their for their offense. You know, OKC plays a lot better in transition, and when Sandra Robertson went out, there was no really to run the break. Josh Jusis didn't really run the break, and when he did, he just went to this corner because where's where you just sit there and literally do nothing. And when he's asked to dribble the ball, just all hell breaks loose. So having somebody that can actually somewhat dribble the ball, somewhat dribble the ball, but is a vet and that kind of knows what to do as far as going up, running down the middle of the lane, opening up other options, that's really, really good for OKC as far as playing with space. Ever since Corey Brewer's been in the lineup, they've been playing with a lot of pace and space, which is opening the floor for Russ and everybody else. It also helps that he's hitting all of his corner threes. Definitely. I'll just touch on a few things. I'll be 100% honest. I don't think Russell Westbrook was healthy to start the season. I think that PRP injection held him back a little bit. He didn't get out on the break. And when Russell Westbrook doesn't get out on the break, who are you going to trust to to run a three-on-two? Um, I know we have some ball handlers, but Russ is the main guy who gets out in transition. He finds the open guys. And speaking on Andre Roberson, he may not be a great shooter, but the guy can find empty pockets as good as anybody in the league. And I think when he went out, OKC struggled, and they brought in Corey Brewer, and he just had the role of trying to find the empty spots, and he's getting easy layups out of it. Completely agree. All right, so we'll give a little prize. We'll do a little vote here. Which one do you think was the best question out of those three, guys? I like the second one from She's for OKC. I like that one as well. I think that's a good debate on that one. I like I that one, except I really like the at for the third one, Cody McChicken. <laughs> that's, that's what he I did win the best picked. at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll message she's for OKC, and we'll get out a little prize for her on Monday, tomorrow. 
awesome. are we wanting to do a uh, a pizza prize for her? Pizza! Master Splinter, perhaps you'd like to try some pizza. It's marshmallow and pepperoni. <laughs> pizza giveaway. So, so when we get into our next section here, you guys are going to find out that we had a little bet within our group here that Camiar didn't think that we were going to win today. And he said that he would buy the next whole pizza for the next winner of the best question. So we'll get into that go. here in a few minutes for this next week's preview coming up. We have some uh, some big games. We have a game Tuesday against the Celtics, uh, March 20th, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time at Boston. They're second in the East currently at 47-22. and 22. And as of this recording, uh, which is pre-New Orleans game tonight, they're 1-7-3 their last 10. But I think Jacob mentioned this early on in the pod. They're a little banged up right now with Kyrie, uh, Smart, Horford, and I'm not sure about Brown's status recently, uh, but they've all been hurt. And so that definitely plays a, a big factor into that game. And um, I think if we play like we did, particularly today and Friday against the Clippers, I, I like our chances in that one. Uh, then Friday, March 23rd, we have my, the Miami Heat. It is a 7 o'clock Central game at home. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to go to that one with Nick, but kind of forgot that I was going to be out of town. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's my bad, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, he's not on the pod today, but he'll hear this. <laughs> uh, but they're 37, 33 at eighth in the East um, at the time of this pod, and which would be six and a half games ahead of the ninth seat. They're six and four in their last ten, pinning their game at 630 uh, tonight. And then finally, wrapping up the week, we have Portland, Sunday, March 25th. It's also a home game, which is really nice. But as we know, Portland always gives us a tough one. Uh, they're sitting at third in the West at 43-6, and six, and they've won 10 of their last 10, which is just crazy. Like Jacob said, they're probably never losing ever again. So, uh, But one positive, though, is they have Blazers. Uh, the Blazers have the Clippers, the Rockets, Celtics, Thunder, and Pelicans for their next five consecutive games. Wow, so they're going a through a really yeah. tough stretch. That's a tough really stretch. Really tough stretch. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big week, another big week for sure. It'd be really nice to finish this one strong. So as Jake, or as uh, Justin mentioned, this past week we did some predictions. Uh, Kamiar had two and two with a loss to the Clippers and Raptors. Jacob had three and one with a loss to the Raptors. Nick had three and one with a loss to the Raptors. I had the same, and Justin was the brave, the brave one who went four. Let's and go! Hey, good it. job, Justin. Let's go! That is one. Yeah, Justin's up on us. One zero. So uh, that was a solid prediction. So what do we have this week? Uh, Kamiar, let's start with you. I'm going to go OKC runs off 2-1 and one this week. They're going to beat the Trailblazers in Miami. I think they'll lose to Boston. I think somehow they get it done with Kyrie. There you go. I like that. I'd be, uh, I'd be happy with the 2-1 record. Jacob, what are you thinking? I am also going to go 2-1, and one, but I'm going to say they're going to lose to Portland. Ooh. Portland always scares me. Uh, so, Nick, he isn't here. We'll have to get his later and just have it, uh, and we can tell you guys next week. Justin, what about you? I'm going 3-0. and I, I knew it. <laughs> I uh, You guys got to know me by now, but, no, I think uh, OKC is playing really good basketball right now. Corey Brewer has provided a, a big spark. I know Boston's banged up. I think they'll win that game against Miami, and then I think they get revenge against Portland, and I really hope Portland – goes into that Thunder game with an even bigger winning streak because OKC is known in the past few years for snapping winning streaks. So I would like to see that. So I'll go 3-0. and All right. Um, I'd like to go 3-0 and also. I could see where it would happen. But to be completely honest, I'm a little scared of jinxing the team. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to go 2-1 and one as well. Uh, we're kind of on a high right now after this week, and I could see us just going in kind of lackadaisical and dropping that one at Boston on Tuesday. Uh, but I see a nice wake-up call against a, a weakened Miami team. They don't have Dion, so I mean I don't know how they could win because Dion's the best. And then they got Portland. I really think we're going to come out kind of like we did today against the Raptors, and I see us playing really well. So I'm going to go two and one with the loss of Boston. Heck yes! And like Justin referred to earlier, Kamiar in our in our Slack for the podcast said, "quote." If the Thunder beat the Raptors, I will personally buy the pizza for the next pizza giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Well, the and Thunder we beat the Raptors. 
So at she's for OKC, you can expect a pizza this for, week. We will get me. in your DMs. Yeah. And it will be fully funded by Comiar. <laughs> so congratulations. So nice. Awesome. She does, well, thanks. Awesome. She, she does live in Dallas, so you're gonna have to contact a Dallas Domino's or something. <laughs> there we go. We can make that happen. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for checking out our podcast this week. Our first episode was a huge success, and we appreciate all the feedback. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can find Justin at jhickness9. Kamiar is at boomtownrw. Nick, even though he is not here today, we'll give him a shout out. He is at two cranes. Taylor is at taylor underscore p15. And myself at thundermob405. Uh, also, shout out to at Don underscore Harrison on Twitter. He was our first pizza giveaway winner this past week. We did a, a retweet image uh, to win a pizza, and he was our first winner. So he got a pepperoni pizza and some root beer for us on Friday for the Clippers game. So shout out to him. Upcoming on the Uncontested, you can expect a midweek pod, as I referenced earlier, from Taylor and I. We may get Kamiar in on that one as well. Uh, we still have big plans with some some awesome guests coming up for you guys. Thunder personalities, maybe a former Thunder player. And with the playoffs coming up, once we figure out who the Thunder will match up with in the first round, we will have a guest on to break down that matchup with us. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Listen to SoundCloud. And hopefully soon we will be on Spotify as well for you guys. So thank you guys for listening and Thunder up. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.